Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Naxx and CCS continue to duel it out. We've covered this for a while. When will Naxx really be on the network? When will those public charges come along? When will the automakers really switch over and start producing their EVs with NACs. And we actually just recently have seen the first publicly available NACs connectors come onto the public network. Welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. I am your host, Francie. And today we have our fearless leader, Kyle, joining us. How's it going, Kyle? Good. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thanks for that. Great. <laughs> Did that fearless leader title throw you off? Yeah, don't know um, what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> well, anywho, so Kyle, you s- tagged me in a post recently on Twitter from PlugShare that they uh, announced, or not really announced, but it was kind of just quiet. It says a couple of dual port CCS and NAX charging stations were recently added to PlugShare. So I will show that tweet now if you're tuning in on the Out of Spec podcast YouTube channel. And you can see it here. We have a charge point and then this other station, MD7. And I actually looked into MD7 and it's um, MD7. It's a digital infrastructure consultancy. And specifically at this site, they partnered with XCharge that are manufacturers of, of high powered EV charging equipment. And this is a site at their headquarters. Technically, it's a little bit hard to find. I think it's like underground, but Technically, these are what we think are the first public NAX chargers available. So, Kyle, why didn't this make a bigger splash? Well, and maybe even before we get into that, we should discuss a little bit about what is NAX and North American Charging Standard, which is the Tesla connector. Um, And then we should also discuss, like, aren't there millions of Tesla connectors already available everywhere? 
And so, of course, every supercharger has this plug on it. Um, there's even EVGO stations that have this plug on it. So why are we saying the first publicly available North American charging standard ports are available? Um, and so that requires a little bit of background information. So, of course, at least the way everything is set up today in America is you cannot roll up to a Tesla supercharger and use it publicly. There is a growing number of Tesla to CCS magic dock locations, which we have reported on on this channel a bunch, and we've watched the rollout, and we now have four in Colorado, and there's Minnesota popping up left and right, and it's really a big expansion. But in general, these are not publicly accessible chargers. And also, there are no cars other than Tesla right now that have the Tesla plug on them in North America, really anywhere in the world. So what's cool about these public NACS chargers are um, you can roll up to them with a Tesla, with the Tesla port, not have to use an adapter and charge natively with the plug interface. And what's even cooler about that is it's using the North American charging standard communications, which is pretty much ISO 15118, which is CCS. And uh, that is why the EVGO plugs are not NACs. They are the Tesla connector plug type, but the communication is actually Chatamo because they use a Chatamo adapter with, you know, to the NACs uh, or the Tesla port in that case. So right. what we're saying here is they, this is the new version of the Tesla connector. This is the NACs port that any Tesla can drive up to either of these stations activate them through whatever payment method they need to, but not have to use an adapter to actually get a DC charge and a DC charge at full speeds because those EVGO units are 125 amp limited. These will do up to whatever the charger can output and whatever the cable they chose is the maximum. So that's why it's a big story. But I also think a lot of people just assumed that the EVGO, um, you know, Chatamo situation that they had, the adapters were just NAX ports, but they're not. So this is a huge momentous shift for our entire EV driving population, I would say. It's the first of thousands to come. Right. And so we're just, we are talking small scale, though. There's one in Allen, Texas, and then there's another one in California. And I can show these sites. So while it is monumental, as you say, we're really only looking at these two specific sites that um, PlugShare shared. Perhaps there's more by now. But so we have this one, um, like I said, in Allen, Texas, and they both seem to be actually at uh, headquarters. So I do think it's a bit of a like, look what we're doing. It's a, you know, we're making this technological leap. And so uh, this is the one that I was talking about. It's this MD7. So if we have any folks in the Allen, Texas area, it's right off, to, right off of West Bethany Drive. So you can go there. And um, like I said, it was that joint venture. And from PlugShare, I gathered that it is the dual NAC CCS charger, and it's capable of over 120 kilowatts. And like they said, yeah, this is their first native NACS connector with this capability in North America. That is specifically what XCharge and MD7 said in their press release. The payment here is 50 cents per kilowatt hour, and it's actually the same at the other site that we'll look at, but that is Texas versus California. So, um, yeah, that's just a note there. It might be a little bit expensive compared to the Texas prices, but in California, right, kind of right on track. But yeah, folks are checking in here. They checked in in 
September, maybe even sooner by now. Oh yeah, in October, having having some success with their CCS. But yeah, we have a Tesla checking in on September 22nd. So apparently it's right at this workplace um, and there's a private charger there, but it's noted on Flexshare that this one is in fact available on the lower garage level in case anyone's bound to check it out. And then this other site that uh, plug share noted. Before we is get to the other this... site, can I just talk about the yeah. Texas one really quick? So the Texas yeah, one is done Texas. by X Charge. Yeah. So X Charge mm -hmm. made this charger. They're friends of ours, and they actually brought their. I think it's called the C6. Is the model of this charger? It's got this like circular display in the middle of it, and they brought this to one of the shows in San. One of the sands, I can't even, Sacramento, not a sand. Uh, and we went to this big EV conference in Sacramento earlier this year. Can't even remember the name of it. EVS 36. There we go. Look at my memory. And they were the only ones to have a functional working North American charging standard cable on display. And so it was really cool. So mm. we've already filmed this charger with the NAX connector, but here it is in a public setting, not behind a fence for testing, where any Tesla owner with a CCS enabled car, we'll talk about that in a second, can actually roll up and charge on this. Um, the other side of it is just standard CCS. These aren't the most powerful chargers out there, but they actually are pretty cool because they can be configured to run on 208 volt rather than uh, 480. So it's they're like great for urban installations where you may not have huge amounts of power available. So um, yeah, I've never actually charged on one before. I'd really like to, but my understanding is X-Charge really wanted to charge with the North American charging standard. They recognized it was the better plug type and they were like, let's go and do this. Before we dive deeper into this topic, I, as a reminder to everyone, the plug type does not constitute reliability. The reason automakers and everyone are switching to the North American charging standard is because Tesla is saying in order to charge on our much more reliable Tesla supercharger network, you have to have this plug natively in your vehicle. And that's just transitioning the whole country over to using arguably the much better plug type, but it's not just because, oh, the plug's better, let's switch. It's just so automakers can get access to the supercharger network. As a byproduct, we will see publicly available chargers want to, of course, charge all of these vehicles that are going to be produced and all of the Teslas on the road today, and they will have the North American charging standard port. We will talk about it towards the end of this episode, and there will be another episode on this, but not every Tesla can use this port. We'll get into that in a little bit. The next location, if you could pull that up, Francie, is at ChargePoint's headquarters. I just shot a huge video there recently, and I was there when this charger was under construction. And uh, yeah, so this is pretty cool. ChargePoint Express Plus with ChargePoint's in-house cable and North American charging standard port working seemingly charging a Model X. Now, we don't have that exact photo up right now, but I at least saw a photo from that tweet of them charging a Model X. What's your thought on that? Um, I think it's cool. It's a clear, like, you know, MD7 manufacturers, right? But ChargePoint is, you know, a big CPO. And to see them do this, especially at their headquarters, like I said, it's like, a, you know, look at what we're doing. So I think that's um, pretty interesting that ChargePoint is going ahead and doing this. And this is their first one, because I know that they announced uh, back in the summer that they're going to be putting the next solutions onto their network, but they haven't really announced when that will go you know, large scale. So we're seeing this again, like one example, but 
yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Start at the headquarters. They both seem to be doing that to be like, look, this is the this is the next movement, the next wave of the EV revolution, EV charging revolution. And yeah, um, I think it's interesting. I'm curious um, a bit about where, because I was at I was at Next today, that convenience store, the the National Association of Convenience Stores, and I talked to some ChargePoint operators um, and other companies in the EV charging segment. And I did, you know, kind of ask, where are you getting your next supplies so that you can make them, you know, build them into your equipment that you have? And I didn't really get a straight answer from a lot of folks. You know, some said a variety of suppliers. Some said it's actually hard. We're not really sure how to do that large scale. Um, so Kyle, do you know a bit about maybe what's going on on the back end to where they're able to get this sort of equipment so that they can provide this? Yeah, so there's a, this, this is really the main topic as to why we're just seeing these two stations come online now. Um, so back up a little bit to the charge point topic. Um, they have been working on this cable for a long time because they've been wanting to charge Teslas natively. And so um, they're actually, you know, they don't make their own cables, but they spec them, design them, and then an outside company produces them for charge point. And we did a, a video on this topic but um, what's cool about the charge point situation is they own and operate. They are a CPO, like you had mentioned, for many stations, especially those in Colorado. But for the overwhelmingly majority of their network, they're privately owned chargers. So when they say, hey, we're going to retrofit our network, it's almost like they can't because they don't own the chargers. So I wonder how many charge point operators are going to say it's worth the difference in cost for me to buy this new cable from ChargePoint. That's how they're going to position it is, hey, you can buy the cable and charge NACS vehicles. Um, and, and then there you go. So my understanding is the way that it works with this ChargePoint solution and the X-Charge solution and the others that are down the road is, you know, let's say I take my Model S, which is a new car, 2022 car, and I, I plug it in somewhere. It doesn't know if it's being used with the CCS adapter or if it's just being plugged in uh, natively, but the car's communications is all CCS. And so um, the car like doesn't know if the adapter's there or not it, it, th in theory when you plug it in. So there's like no coding needed on the back end. There's no tuning of the cars. There's no new software. I actually think you don't even have to tell the charger in a sense that you've put a different cable on. Um, it's just like hook up the wires slightly differently. And so I'm sure there's little intricacies here or there because there's certain functions that the Tesla port allows, like the opening of the charge port command, which only works with Tesla vehicles, which may not publicly uh, roll out other than Tesla superchargers. So that'll be interesting. But um, yeah, so, so there's like really no major change other than just the plug interface type here. Um, that That's the big difference. I think what gets really interesting is Let's say I was to bring my Model 3 to ChargePoint headquarters and to plug it in to this NAX ChargePoint Express Plus, it would not charge. <laughs> I could go to a supercharger, use the same shape of plug and charge it perfectly fine on a version 2 or version 3 supercharger. But as soon as I bring that same car to a ChargePoint charger using the North American charging standard, it plugs in the same way. The car is going to go, I don't know what you just plugged into me because all older Teslas will require a CCS retrofit in order to handle the communications that North American charging standard uses. 
I think that's just going to confuse so many people because they're going to roll up and say, oh, that fits into my port, but the charger doesn't work. But the charger is working. It's your car that's out of date. Do you think that's going to be like a big problem? Definitely. I think that could definitely be a problem, especially because this is also framed on such a large scale. Like, look, we're opening up the networks. Like, come on over, charge your Tesla here. But if you don't know the communication that your car is, you know, built with to charge, then yeah, you could definitely find yourself at a charger. Um, so first off, you know, you're going to have to know what your your car is capable of, and then also be able to know in like however you're navigating to the charger that it will be able to work with your with your Tesla, which I think in general folks are like, I go up to a Tesla supercharger, it's going to work. So it, it will be a bit of a learning curve, I think. So then tell me, um, why so well we got cable supply okay right go ahead sorry to interrupt you because i still haven't gotten to your last question which is (laughs) where are they getting the cables from for next why why are we just seeing the first chargers come out now which is there's been no ul approved cables on the market and to basically for a public user to activate and use chargers and to be safe Charge point operators, station owners, and also certain state regulations require a UL, either conformant or even registered product to charge. And there were none on the market. And, you know, when Ford announced that they were going to join Tesla and, you know, use the NAX port natively on Ford vehicles, and that Tesla said, hey, our standard is open, use it. Um no one was ready. <laughs> and and honestly, they couldn't really have been ready until that happened. So it just takes time to build a whole new supply chain around a new plug connector type to get things certified and in market. So it's possible that the charge point solution still is not UL certified, but they own and operate that station and it's on their private property. It might just be a test unit. Um, and same with X-Charge. Sounds like it's at their headquarters. It may not be UL listed stuff. And that might be why we're just seeing it now. But give it another couple months, especially as we get into early 2024. We're going to see Amphenol, Phoenix Contact, Rima, all of these major players in the EV charging cable business. They're all working on their own version of NACs. And um, they, they will become readily available. And then it's just up to the owner of the station or the charge point operator in this case to say, hey, let's retrofit some chargers with this new cable and we can natively charge teslas today and future vehicles of course starting in late 24 or 25 with the tesla port baked in with no adapter needed so that's going to be fairly interesting i think we're going to see a a little bit of confusion from older tesla owners not knowing that their cars are ccs enabled or not again we'll do a whole shorter piece of content just on that because I think we need like a whole video just on that topic, just to help ease some confusion. But I think it's a big deal that we're starting to see the first ever public North American charging standard cables out in the wild. So I know you had some more questions and we're going a little bit over time. So let's blast through those. Well, maybe I'll just have um, one question if I can remember it. Um, actually, I can't. <laughs> I think I got distracted. Um, it was something about EVGO. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, but then I had a new question come up, but I really honestly can't remember it. So we can dive (laughs) into the other options. Oh, I want to remember it, but I can't. Um, maybe I can just cut this part out. 
It was a good question. No, leave it in. It's fun. It's interesting. And plus, like, if it's if you can't remember it, uh, then we can just answer it in another show coming up. Okay. Check the yeah. comments no, below. I can't remember. Yeah, check, check the comments below for the questions. So while this isn't like a huge rollout of this solution, we are seeing it at these two headquarters, which is a bit of a symbol of like, this is what's to come. So that's interesting. I do think diving into how folks can really decipher whether a charger will be compatible with their EV is essential so that there's less and less confusion with the already steep learning curve of owning an EV. But this will probably be for folks who are either buying used Teslas or have had their Tesla for a while, right? That will really need to be concerned about the next. Yep. So uh, ultimately what this means is there's not more vehicles that can charge at these stations. It's just the same number of vehicles can charge without adapters. And so now any new Tesla can roll up to any of these charge point stations or one of these X charge units and slap in the connector pay and not have to use an adapter. It's safer. It's less annoying. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, pretty, pretty psyched about that. And we'll see plenty more of these as more cables come on the market. Definitely. I remember I was going to say, uh, because oh. I was definitely at this event that was focused on also site hosts, but I wonder how this will affect site hosts in installing these on their properties. Because if they are like, well, Nax is coming, I'm like, should I wait? Do I want to pay? Like, what is it going to cost them to retrofit if they install now? And I think that's something that, you know, ChargePoint who, and other companies who sell this, this, uh, the equipment, the charging equipment have to consider and um, it's interesting. I'm not sure really where they're going to come with that value proposition to get those installed, you know, with site hosts as soon as possible and plan for next in the future because it's already really expensive to install these on your property. And if you just know that you're going to pay on top of it for next in the future, then what kind of decisions are site hosts going to be making? So that was my point that I remembered. So thanks, Brain. Yeah. Um, so. Now don't check the comments, <laughs> you but you you bring up an interesting point because at what point are cables wear components, mm -hmm. right? Because that is the most abused part of a charger. They get run yep. over, dropped on the ground, absolutely destroyed. And so when it comes time to replace them, do you replace them? Like if you have a unit, do you do dual CCS? If you have a Chatamo, do you replace that Chatamo port now with an NACS port? Um, I think ultimately it just comes down to the expected traffic, the expected number of vehicles that you can serve, um, and of course, what percentage of NACS vehicles that don't have CCS adapters are you going to gain? Because of course, those cars can charge already at those chargers with a CCS adapter. So it comes down to how many Tesla owners are rolling around right now that need extra charging locations that don't have a CCS adapter I would say that's a significant number. I would say that number of owners is more than the Nissan Leafs that are on the road today. And of those drivers, they're going to take more energy on a per charge basis than a Nissan Leaf, which means you can sell more mm -hmm. kilowatt hours. So my guess is we'll start to see as Chatamo fails or the cables get ruined or run over, they will replace the communications in the charger for that side with CCS comms, slap a NACS port on, and we're going to see a decline of Chatamo ports, an increase of NACS port. And at least in the short term, I don't think we'll see CCS ports decline. I think we'll see a lot of dual CCS NACS. 
Agreed. I think that there's a lot of data that goes into making that decision. And I've seen more and more uh, like software and big old data layers that site hosts can, you know, pay for to decide what kind of station they need to put in and what kind of power, et cetera, et cetera. So hopefully there's more and more tools for them to make the best decision for them on such a giant investment. But yeah, this is a interesting conversation. I guess it's, you know, a first, which we love to see and um, we'll keep tracking and see what other public charging next comes onto the network. And yeah, thanks Kyle for coming on and diving into that and stay tuned on the out of spec podcast for more stories related to public next charging and where, you know, you can go to charge your Tesla amongst other topics. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time on the out of spec podcast. Bye y'all. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.